Thank you for downloading and or streaming our new crossover episode of Recasted 2.0. I'm Wayne G. I am joined by Mark and Harry from When Harry Met Movies. Thank you guys for joining me. You're welcome. You're welcome. I think we've both been listening and talking about each other on each other's podcasts for a while, so quite nice oh, to yeah. finally hook up and join the power. It's like Marvel and DC combining, really, isn't it? <laughs> as long as I get to be Marvel, then that's fine. <laughs> okay, then we have to think of something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, yeah, I, I talk about your guys' show like on every episode, and I just wanted you guys to get an opportunity here to talk to our fans directly about uh, what the show is about and, you know, where people can find you guys. Well, we're on Twitter at Well Harry Met Movies, same on We're on all the um, streaming thing platforms, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I use CastBox, Good Pods, we're on them all. Uh, I've not found anything we're not on anyway. Sure. We're actually all on um the old world watch on that still. Oh, yeah, we're on Audible as well. Basically, the podcasts stemmed a little bit from COVID, as a lot of things seem to okay. stem from. Don't say that word. Um, in lockdown, I started watching films with Harry, and the idea was I started introducing to films from my childhood, and then I always wanted to do a movie podcast, and Harry clearly became the star, so. What are you doing? Yeah, I do all the, the legwork and all the yeah. social media and all the work. Because yeah, I editing, but you just do all the interesting stuff. The only social media possible I had stick for, but I don't use it that much. It's not a bad thing, mate. I don't, I don't, I think when I'm older, I probably won't even have most of them because I've not been used to them. I had Instagram, but then go look and like it. But yeah, that's essentially the podcast and yeah. sort of grown from there. Well, I'm curious. I have a 14 year old daughter and she will not watch anything that i recommend and she never has anytime i recommend something she won't watch it It has to be her own idea so i'm curious harry when your dad first started saying hey i, I like this movie as a kid what made you want to watch him i don't remember i don't remember a lot of th- i don't remember a lot of things in lockdown in general because it was mostly just a blur but what was the first one you said to me we should watch i think we watched something like quest for camelot i think it's called which are called animation. I think it's got a different, might have a different name in America. I think that's what we watched there. I feel like the main one, though, is that I think you watched the show me Mrs. Doubtfire and like you made me watch a lot of Harry Potter's and then Star Wars. Yeah, we started by watching like big franchises. Like Harry Potter. That, that and then got me Harry Potter, which then equals my obsession. So then he, he kind of trusted me a little bit with what? Trusted like a strong world. I think we picked like obvious stuff like Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, Wait, and then it's oh. down. Because he trusted me with the bigger ones. He's kind of started lesser known things for kids, probably like Labyrinth, Princess Bride. Doubtfire. I was going to say, Mrs. Doubtfire isn't, I don't think it's an obvious one, but, and Hook, things like that. Mrs. Doubtfire is the best, and you cannot change that. That's the best part of doing a podcast, though. When I put a film on, even if it's a film that I haven't seen since I was that age, you seeing which ones hold up, but also seeing his reaction. And sometimes it's a, it surprises you which ones he enjoys more. I found with her the obviously with Harry Potter because we went to Universal down in Florida and we were like you have to watch Harry Potter now because she wouldn't watch it we kept telling her to watch it and we're like you have to we're gonna make you sit here and watch these now because we're going to the Harry Potter place and uh, she loved them so now we watch them all eight movies we'll watch probably four or five times a year. Has she watched Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah, she loves Mrs. Doubt. Anything Robin Williams she likes. Good, good, good. All right. So if this is your first time listening to the show, thank you for the opportunity. What we do here is we take movies that are at least 20 years old and we give them modern day actors and actresses. Then we put the casts up on social media and let you, the listener, vote on which casts you like the best. Today, we're actually not doing a recast. We're doing a live action cast for a Disney animated film 
Uh, before we get into that, though, make sure you are following us on social media. We are on TikTok at Recast a Podcast, on Instagram at Recast a Podcast 8, on Twitter, that's where we're the most active, at Recast a Podcast, on Facebook at Recast a Podcast. And on Facebook, we have a group called All Things Movies. Mark and Harry are part of that group where you can kind of post anything you want that is social media related. And uh, we like to interact with you guys. So definitely follow us and, and visit the website, www.recastapodcast.com. We also have a store on there. You can purchase stuff. So as I mentioned, you know, we're going to be recasting Hercules, actually, from 1997. You guys had kind of picked this movie. So I wanted to start off with, you know, what is it that you guys like about Hercules? What is it? It's about Meek Mahology and Meek Mahology. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. Like Harry, like he's really recently got into all the Percy Jackson yep. stuff. Um, so it's like, it is a big thing that he really enjoys. Also, do you know what? I think I listened to a podcast called Disney Versus 2, which is going through the entire canon of Disney films. Great podcast. Um, and they haven't got to this yet, but they've just started doing like all the big ones that came before it, like Lion King, Aladdin, Beautiful Beast, Little Mermaid, which were like considered like some of the best films. But I would think Hercules is the one that is probably just as good and kind of flies under the radar a little bit. Yeah. If you've watched it, you like it, but then a lot of people just never saw it. Was, I think maybe it just missed the next wave of kids that were into Disney sort of thing. Well, I think you watched it all when I was younger. Yeah. Good. Probably my favorite Disney film, if yep. I'm being honest. Yeah, I, I remember you guys mentioning that. Obviously, we're recasting this as a live-action film, and I was curious to get your guys' take. What do you guys think about the, the live-action Disney movies so far? I've not seen them, right? You've seen a couple. You've seen Beat or Beast. I think you've seen... Oh, yeah, Beat or Beast. Jungle Book or Lion King we've watched. Definitely watch one of them. Um, I think they hit and miss, aren't they? Uh, Some of them are great. Well, I wouldn't... I, Thing is, I don't think any of them are better than the original, probably. I've heard very bad things about the Penelope live action. Yeah, I've not watched the, the original's creepy. Yeah, no, I think it's more creepy. The Lion King one makes no sense. Why? Because essentially it's CGI animals replacing cartoon animals, and it's always shot for shot, it feels. Oh, yeah. So it seems a little bit daft because essentially they're still animated in some form. Beaver Beast is, isn't too bad. It adds some bits that I think are quite good. Um, Aladdin, I think, was one of the hardest ones because of Robin Williams. And as much, I think, I, I think you, it might have been on your podcast. What one of you might have mentioned that at least when you cast Will Smith, he's not going to do Robin Williams. Got, yeah, because he, he's not going to, because Will Smith is always going to just be Will Smith. So at least it's, what? he's doing his own thing. Yeah. Nothing. I don't think that's too bad. I think it's okay. Yeah. Um, I, I went into that thinking this is going to be atrocious and it wasn't as bad as I thought. Mum's look a to the Little Mermaid live action. Yeah, the Little Mermaid one looks quite good. I've not seen any trailer talk, so. So you're like a little sneak peek to come out. But my mum looks like um, so I flow. Yeah. Oh, she, she's going to love that. What do you think of the live action ones? I, I like a lot of them. Um, I didn't like Pinocchio. I did watch that one. I didn't really love that one. I think the Jungle Book is fantastic. I love the Jungle Book. Yeah, the Jungle Book's actually bad. I don't think the Jungle Book, the original film, is as good as the songs are in it. Unless I people forget that. Because when you think of Jungle Book, you think of the songs, don't you? You don't think of yeah, any real scenes. They're all related to the songs, so I think that yeah. kind of helps it. Well, I always thought of as a kid, I always thought of the Beatles vultures. I would always... Yeah, yeah. Which they were not represented in the uh, the live action. No. On that, I know Hercules, I don't know if you know this, Randall, but they're the muses, right. ones that sing... Single oh. songs. They were up until a very, very close point to the actual film. They were actually going to be with Spice Girls. 
Oh, wow. Because well, mm. of, of our big, big Spice Girls. So this is like 97 Spice Girls came out in 96. And because of how globally phenomenal what Spice Girls became, um, they just couldn't schedule it. And they were originally going to do with Five Voices, which would have made it a very different tonally film, I think. Yeah, I think they're really good. Because they're like gospel, aren't they? The, um, like, the muses are gospel in this. Like, can we watch it? Please don't watch it. Well, yeah. Uh, whereas the Spice Girls wouldn't have been, it would have been pop, wouldn't it? Yeah, my daughter actually said when I told her we were doing this, she said that she wanted to recast Lizzo as one of the muses. And I said, well, we're not recasting the muses, though. So. Yeah, I do think it, it yeah. for the directors when they do it, they do, it does give them a big opportunity to cast some pretty big stars for then, quick voice yeah. work. But basically, it can be like a who's who of singers, can it? Yeah, guessing. All right. So, obviously, we're going to recast this and we're going to jump right into it here. Obviously, we want to start off with the director because the director sets the tone for the entire film. And I'll, I'll kind of lead things off so you guys get a feel of everything. I know you've listened to the show, but basically when I was going for a director, what I wanted is I wanted somebody who obviously could handle kids films because Disney is very kid oriented, but also kind of has some sort of experience with the fantastical. And so I went with Chris Columbus here. So Chris Columbus, you know, was the director of Home Alone. He also directed Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. So he's got a little bit of experience here with Greek mythology. He also directed the Sorcerer's Stone, Harry Potter. He directed Chamber of Secrets. So he's got a little bit of experience here with the magic and the mystical, and I thought he'd be a great director for a live-action Hercules. Yeah, I must admit, when you when you sent over your list and this was your director, I was like, ouch, that's actually a hell of a pick. I've not looked for Jack's films. But... Um, yeah, but you've seen the first few Harry Potter films, and it's the same director, and he's just... Yeah. He's basically, he's, like you just said, he's, I think it's a great pick. I think it would have been possibly been mine if we haven't gone for the person we've gone for. Um, I'm about to say, we've gone with a guy called Paul King, which might not necessarily be a, a well-known name, but I think he will become one. Um, he's the guy that's done the two Paddington movies. Oh, God. Um, which, if you haven't seen them, I would massively suggest people go out and see. Yep. First one's great. The second one's... Excellent. It's arguably one of the best kids' films or family films for the last sort of five, ten I'll years. Make um, they are doing a third one, but it's... A, He's he's writing it. It's a different director. But I assume so. Think I, I it's kind of in my head. I kind of thought he has the same sort of feel as like a Christopher Columbus. That sort of his films are like heartwarming, and I think a Disney film kind of needs that. And I think a lot of the directors they picked recently have kind of been like a cool director rather than someone that is would give them a Disney film feel. And I think Walking Wood Plus, like you say, the Paddington thing he dealt with the CGI element and the sort of basically having a bear in a normal situation. Yeah. So having Hercules obviously is going to be a person, but pain and panic and people like that are going to be, I imagine will be CGI yeah. in some ball. Um, so at least he has that sort of and all the monsters and background. All the monsters and different. Yeah. So you know what's funny about Paddington and Paddington 2, because we talk about this, is I've watched multiple TV shows and movies where they've referenced Paddington 2 as one of the greatest films of all time. And I saw the first one and I enjoyed it but it didn't inspire me to watch the sequel. So now it's like, I haven't seen Paddington 2, but everyone keeps saying, like, this is, like, such a great movie. Well, it, it, Paddington 2 is better than 1. It's like Paddington 1 set the turn and Paddington 2. It's a lot more like a adventure. It? Yeah, just, it's it's a really, it, it's just... Yeah. I I, that, I, would, I can't sort of say it enough. It's a, I would argue that you would, you know, if you're rating them out of 5, it's probably a come to be a 4-star film, if not 5. 5. Um... It's it's a really good film. I always mention another podcast. I don't think there's a lot of films that are 
either superhero or cartoons that are aimed at families that are this sort of that sort of film. Like you touched on things like Home Alone and think even like the Harry Potter franchise, that was obviously a, it's a kid's franchise. Now, if it's not one of the major franchises, they don't really make those sort of films anymore. And I think even like, so like going back for Oswin, are you like Goonies and Back to the Future, things like that don't really exist anymore. It's either if it's not a franchise or a remake, people don't make it. And I think Paddington was that sort of exception. I think Paddington 2 is arguably a perfect film, a lot of people say. I can't really pick a fault with it. So who did you guys have for Pain and Panic? Oh. How you won't remember the actor's name, because he's not very good with this, but... Um, I need to steal it. Do you know what film the film? Which ones? <laughs> no. Wait, hold on. Here we do. Right, it's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Oh, there's a plan! Which are from Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz, yeah. We're from Children of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. Um, Simon Pegg's been a lot more than Nick Frost probably is in like, the Star Trek one. They, they look a bit different, but... Like, yeah, and he's in um, Mission Impossible films, the later ones, isn't he? Um, I just think with pain and panic, it has to be some sort of, there has to be some sort of natural bounce between them. Because they essentially have a comedy part of a film, aren't they? Um, and these two have got that sort of natural friendship bounce. Plus, one's sh- shorter and stockier, one's slightly taller and skinnier. So I think it, even if they were mo-capped or whatever they decided to do it, I think they would be able to flip into it quite comfortably. Yeah, that's why I thought when I saw the cast come over, I said, oh, well, these guys look like they've been in a lot of things together. It's kind of like a Laurel and Hardy situation. You're getting yeah. two guys who are used to working mm-hmm. with each other. Like you guys, I said, these guys are funny. They're Hades underlings, and they make a lot of jokes. And when they're around Hades, obviously, they're very wimpy, and they cower because they're afraid yeah. of him. But when they're by themselves, obviously, Payne takes the leadership role. Like, Panic's kind of the dumb one, and yeah. he just kind of bosses them around. So I went with two two actors who who haven't worked together, but I went with Wayne Knight as Payne. Uh, so Wayne Knight is Newman from the Seinfeld uh, episodes. He's in Space Jam. All right, he's the the publicist. People kind of know him look at mostly as Newman. A uh, Jurassic Park, right? He's the guy that steals the uh, the eggs. And then for Panic, I went with John Mulaney, who hasn't really done a lot of television or movies. He's a stand up comedian, and if you ever get a chance to see any of his stand up, he and he's a tall, gangly guy. He used to write on Saturday Night Live. And I think the two of these guys are really funny. And I can picture Wayne Knight kind of taking that leadership role when they're separate. But then when they're both together, they'll both be afraid of Hades. Yeah. Good choices, personally. I doubt Harry will have come across them like I am. But um, I think they both get me. I think you've got the same sort of thing. You went for the same sort of thing we did. But one of them's kind of got a lot. They kind of go a lot like the characters, even though they're not actually probably actually going to be on screen, are they? Right, exactly. They'll kind of still embody the roles, I feel. Well, the next role we had was Zeus, who is Hercules' dad, and Zeus in the original was voiced by Rip Torn, which I always thought was weird. You know, Zeus is Zeus. He's the leader of the gods. He's going to fight Hades, and, you know, it's a kind of a smaller role within the film, but an important role. And for me, I went with Gerard Butler, who, uh, you know, is a Scottish actor, but people know Gerard Butler as King Leonidas in the movie 300. He's in Law Abiding Citizen. He's in Angel Has Fallen and Olympus Has Fallen and all those movies. He's an action guy, but just he can do anything. Like Gerard Butler's a fantastic actor, and I think he has that very powerful presence. Like he would be Zeus. I think he was on my list when because I did the, I created the list when I talked with Harry with him to because I know way more actors than he does, um, and he was on my list. So it is a very good choice. Okay. I can see the logic. Even Harry who's never watched Three Hundred knows that I wish is Sparta or like. Yes, yes. So even though he's never watched the film, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's embedded. Maybe not yet. Oh, um, 
but no, yeah, it's a really good choice. Um, I don't know if we, like I said, this I had quite a few on this list. I think this was the list where you could go with. Okay, well. Just like, because if you've only got a briefly in it, you can go with it. It's almost like you have to have a slightly bigger style. So people go, ooh, that's so-and-so sort of thing. So we went with Idris Elba, especially when you think of him in the Thor films, where the later ones where he's got the beard and everything, that sort of rougher look. He's cool. Plus he's got a voice and you kind of, I think Zeus has to have a voice. Black one. Um, yeah. And the same sort of thing you he's got to have some sort of gravitation, he's got to have that sort of presence. Of it. At the end of the day, this is the guy that's in charge of the gods, isn't it? So you've got to think of this is, that he could be in charge of a god sort of thing. And I think he's got that thing. I don't know if this is where we're gonna jump in with any ones that we almost cast, but um we also thought Sylvester Stallone in this role, which was very close. I don't know if you've seen his recent film Spartan, is it? Uh Samaritan. Samaritan, was it? Um how he looks in that, I thought, doesn't look too different to what Zeus could look like. And I thought, it's a great. But obviously, the latest for Love and Thunder also stole a possibility, which was Russell Crowe. Obviously, he plays it very different in that film, if you haven't seen it. But, um, no, he's the, he's the god, he's the Greek god. Oh, well, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's who we went with here. And also, I know you could, uh, Argue that maybe someone like, like you say, someone like Jared Butler might have been, uh, might have been a good choice, but I just thought it'd be quite a nice role to put him in. Everyone always wants him to be bombed as well, don't they? So they might as well just make him a, the Greek god, the king of gods instead. Yeah, I think Idris Elba is fantastic, and I always say I'll watch anything that he's in. For some reason, like, I just love watching him, and you know he's a great actor. So people are going to find this somewhat sacrilegious, but I put him in that Vin Diesel category. Because I feel like whenever I watch a Vin Diesel movie, like I can't take my eyes off him. Like he just, there's something like captivating about him. It's up like an old school Hollywood, like icon sort of, no, those are Hollywood actors where they, they were just magnetic when they're on screen. It's not, I don't know if it's because there's so many more films that come out now. I don't think there's many of that sort of, that sort of persona that just comes on the screen. I think you, I think you spot on with both of those people, Vin Diesel and I just like, what about thing where if they're on the screen, even if they're, even if they're not the main, People, character, it's, they big jump out. Yeah, well, look at Vin Diesel and Pitch Black. He was, you know, essentially he was the bad guy, but from it he got the spin-off because he was basically made his career, didn't it? Well, I always use the example of Fast and Furious, right? Because that movie was about Paul Walker's character Brian, but it became about Vin Diesel's character. Yeah, that's very true. Actually, yeah, he's the hero, isn't he? Never, never. And now, obviously, he's got a whole family and. But yeah, I, I just saw a fantastic pick. Again, going through all your picks, I really didn't have an issue with it. I only had one minor issue with one of them, and we'll get to that. Um, I didn't really have any almost here, but obviously we're going into from Zeus to Phil, who was originally you know Danny DeVito in the film. And I'm curious, again, to get your guys' take, what you were thinking this character would be like and how that led you to your choice. So this is probably the one act to it. One of the actors that Harry actually had no clue who he is because we've never watched anything with him. 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 Yeah. I do not like him. But I've shown him a few clips. I did show him a few clips on YouTube and he got it. Um, Phil to us is like that sort of, he has to be, well, to me, in the the film, he's a little bit of a womanizer. And angry. Almost like a, yeah, an angry guy, but but he also is in charge sort of thing. He's definitely got a small man syndrome. Can make a man out of you? um, Let's be honest, Danny DeVito would probably still be the perfect casting, but obviously we can't do that because it's against the rules. So we went with Kevin Hart. Now, the only thing I would possibly say against it is that maybe he's not 
He's not, he's not the same sort of character, the same like Danny DeVito would play it. But I do think he can do that sort of angry rant. Plus, he, he is a bit of a womanizer in a lot of his films, probably in real life, maybe. Um, but I, I think he's, and he's also got that, he could do that babbling and sort of take control sort of thing. There's a few scenes with Hercules where he just babbles at him and talks to him. And I think Kevin Hart would be quite good at that. Well, Phil. That's Moolan. Is it? <laughs> so yeah, that was our choice. I'm surprised. Uh, Harry, you oh. haven't seen any of the new Jumanji movies? No, I think being to watch them. Yeah, I think he'd probably quite enjoy them because we watched the original. Yeah. Actually, no, I think you'll find the, the new ones actually really no, quite good. It could be if that's what you don't play. It's a continuation of the story. Yeah. Well, no. It's a follow-on. I'm still being okay. Yeah. I'm standing by my mom. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I think that's a, a a good choice as well. And I kind of went the same route in terms of I was thinking size as well because I feel like Phil has a little bit of a Napoleon complex, and so I wanted somebody smaller. And you know, obviously Kevin Hart I think is like five foot three or something like that, five two. So that that fits definitely, and he's comedic, so I think he would do well there. I went with somebody who's a little bit more of a dramatic actor, but obviously we've seen him be funny and sarcastic, and I think Phil's very sarcastic. And I went with Peter Dinklage. Uh, who people would know, obviously, from Game of Thrones as Tyrion Lannister. In Pixels, he's Fire Blaster, right? So uh, this is a guy who, oh, in uh, was Avengers Infinity War, he's the guy that builds the, um, the gauntlet. Yeah, the yeah. so I, I think that he'd be really great as Phil because I think he'd be funny and sarcastic and kind of like that sidekick. I'm not going to lie. When I saw this pick, I'd, I'd thought of him and I completely forgot about him. Dad! And when you sent it through, I was like, that's the guy, that's who I forgot. I knew I had a name for him. I couldn't think who it was. Um, and when I, I mentioned this to a few of our friends, and I was like, just to see what they sort of thought of the cast. And when I said him, they were like, oh, that's quite a better choice, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I think also, if you think of him in L, where he plays... Miles Fitch. Yeah. And he basically get, he, he has an issue with people picking on him through his size because of his, he writes stories, and it's like, I'm not an elf sort of thing. And also, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the um, Second Chronicles of Narnia film. Narnia? He plays a dwarf in that, I can't remember what he's called, but he's quite sarcastic and funny in that. So I do think he definitely has that in him. And also, Game of Thrones, as much as he's like, it's a serious thing, he's funny in it. Uh, and his best scene, I'll give you his best scene, some of his best stuff is where he's taking the mick out of it because he's so much smarter than everybody else. Right. And I think that's some of his best stuff. It can, I also, to be honest, this is probably your out of your pictures it's probably my favourite you've picked and I think it's because I what you touched on before about Idris Elba I think when Pete Stinklage is on screen you'll be drawn to him yep because I think he's one of the few people who get cast because he's a good actor and not based on his size he does and I mentioned Pixels and, and as much as I hated the movie Pixels because I think it was very poorly done yeah. I actually think that one of the things I liked the most about it was that they didn't make a single joke about his height in the entire movie and that's the type of movie where you think they would because it's a cheap laugh, but they didn't. They didn't, they didn't bring it up once. And I thought that was fantastic. He's asking what Pixels is. I think I hate it. Yeah, it's kind of like video games come to life. Yeah. Has he got like a giant 2D Pac-Man in it? Yeah. I think we've seen it when you were watching it once. I don't think I've ever watched it. Nathan. I think I've never watched it once. Yeah, that's what I'm better. So now we have Meg. And Meg, obviously, is Hercules' love interest. And this is actually the first one. So a little peek behind the curtain of Recasted is me and Jesse don't always 
get along when it comes to picking. And so when we have to do picks together, it usually leads to a few fights. And this was one where me and Jesse got into a, a very heated argument about who was going to be Meg and to the point that we didn't talk to each other for like a week and then we had to come back and, <laughs> and recast. But we ended up agreeing on Anna de Armas, who is in Gray Man, No Time to Die, Knives Out, Blade Runner 2049. Very pretty. The big thing I wanted here with Meg is not only is she attractive, but she has to seem like more mature than Hercules. Like she almost seems like she's older than him. And, and I'd use the example with Jesse. I said, where it's like kind of like a senior and a freshman in high school. Like she definitely has more life experience and he's very naive. So I wanted somebody who would come across as more mature than Hercules. And so I went with her because I think that she does have that maturity factor. I think in No Time to Die with James Bond film, I think she's actually one of the best parts of it. She's only in it for what, 10 minutes? It feels like 10, 15 minutes. Um, but she stands out massively about it. I must admit, it's a good choice. And also, I think she's one of those actresses where uh, it comes into later in one of our castings, but it, they're a star rising sort of thing. It's only a matter of time before they have that breakout film and suddenly everyone's going to want them. Like how Chris Pratt suddenly became the go-to guy and stuff like that. We picked... No, we, we originally sent you one person and then we changed the mind. Originally, we sent you Jodie Comer for this, um, which in, in English, she's probably a lot more famous than maybe in America. America should probably just watch again. Is it Fall Guy? The uh, Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, Free Guy. Free Guy. She's in that. She plays like the huh? his yeah his, his, the one he likes and the one he also she also creates the game to a degree. And I thought it's quite good because she can play that two double sort of role. In England, she's a massive actress. She's also in a big series over here called Killing Eve, which I don't know how big it is in in America. But basically, she's from not that far from where we live, which is Liverpool, and her. A Liverpool accent is a very distinctive accent. And the fact that you don't notice it at all in any of the stuff. If you heard her speak in real life, you wouldn't know what was her. Um, and she, in Killing Eve, she basically plays a Russian killer that can put on any sort of accent. And she can pretty much, she masters about 20 different accents and voices in that well, series. Um, actually, I, was, I, I kind of agree with what you said. Meg, she has to be smart. She has to come across as smart. She's good looking. She's, like you say, she's a bit more mature. And I think she could pull that off. However... Then it's, we were watching something and it came into my head who should play her. And we were watching the four movies and we went with Tessa Thompson, plays right. Valkyrie, you know, and is also in the Creed movies. Um, no, you haven't seen Creed movies, but you've seen four, haven't you? Oh. Valkyrie. And I always think she's got that sort of, she's got all the, the necessary, she's good looking, she could sing. So if this actually was a musical, she'd still be able to put do that. Um, but she's also, she also comes across as quite smart, and especially in Creed, where she comes across a little bit smarter than, well, Creed. Um, like, she's almost like she's in charge sort of thing. I think she does a bit in um, the Marvel movies as well. I think she comes across like she's, well, obviously, she, I know she plays a bit with drunk early on, but as the film have gone on, she I comes like across, drunk. she's a bit more smart, comes across as like she knows what she's doing and can play those sort of two. But it's kind of like a dual role, isn't it? Because she's playing one way with him, and then one more of Hades. So that was our pick. Yeah, I think Tessa Thompson's a great pick. And actually, I'm glad that you switched to Tessa Thompson because when you had Jodie Comer, the issue I had with her is I feel like she just plays too young. That was, my, that was the thing that's what swayed me off it. And it was difficult to, to find someone right. And I was like, she play, she could play it. But I think she might be slightly too young. Yeah, and, and too innocent. Too. Like I just watched uh, The Last Duel uh, with Matt Damon and... Yeah. Uh, 
I, I won't recommend that movie to anybody. I hated it. But the, uh, you know, she, again, she still plays kind of like a young, innocent thing. I think Tessa Thompson's much, much, much better. Um, I do like her a lot. I'm having a hard time, again, picturing the chemistry between her and who you have as Hercules, which we'll get to. But I do think that's you hit all the keynotes, which is, again, more mature, sarcastic to a point. Funny has like that kind of dry sense of humor. I think so. I think Tessa Thompson would be a, a really good fit here as Meg. Okay. And then uh, Hades, I uh, can't wait to get into the Hades because I think really Hades is almost like the star of this movie. It could have been his movie. He and is the star of the movie. It's the best thing in it, isn't it? He, he really is. Uh, you know, I want to get the hell because I don't know how to. I don't know how to. So I'm curious, I'll let you guys go uh, first with the Hades pick and uh, what you guys were thinking uh, in terms of characteristics and who you ended up going with. Okay, so Hades to me has to be, like you say, he's the star. He's that one that could be, he's like, it's, like he, it's like he just comes into the scenes and like this and rips them up. And I always saw has got that sort of, kind of what we touched on a couple of, some of it's just, he's going to steal every scene he's in. Also has to be funny because he is, Hades is generally funny in it. So we've gone with. Jim Carrey. Yeah, so we've got with Jim Carrey. Um, Eggman. Now, a lot of people probably think of the wacky stuff he did a lot earlier, like Ace Ventura, The Mask, things like that, um, Dumb and Dumber. But I think more of you think of some of the stuff. He's done recent race. Well, even things like, yeah, he's done the Sonic movies where oh, he's, he's a bit, he does go extravagant in them, but he's also subtle uh, for, for a while and stuff like that. He plays evil. The Truman Show, he's funny, but he's, he's he can, in that, I think he proves he can act. Um, Have you seen the Sonic films? And I just think he could he could steal the film. Admittedly, he's now come out and said that he might not ever act again. So that would be interesting. Oh no, you're gonna have to back in place and change But yeah, that was our pick. Is this the one you've got an issue with, or was it Hercules? No, it was actually Jodie Comer, but he switched it. So okay. Have uh, uh, you seen the Sonic films? I have not seen uh, the Sonic films. I'm actually just not a big fan of like video game movies in general. But not bad. Second was better than the first one. Yeah, he, he, he steals the film. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely that kind of person that can steal every scene because of his personality. And, and I actually like this pick because when I picture Hades, like you said, he's, he's fun, he's sarcastic, and a little bit crazy even. And I actually picture Jim Carrey as the Riddler as like the perfect kind of Hades. You know, because I do think that Hades is a little bit over the top and a little bit yeah. over dramatic, you know. So I do like that. And... When we were casting Hades, really my first choice when I first started thinking about this movie was Javier Bardem, right? I think would be a really great oh, right, yeah. Hades. But I also think he's a little too dark. And the rest of my cast and my director just doesn't fit a Javier Bardem movie. Like, he doesn't fit in it. Like, it has to be more light and uh, sarcastic and fun. I thought James Woods absolutely was fantastic. He could probably play Hades again. I was going to say, yeah, him and Danny DeVito. You could just, <laughs> couldn't you? Yeah, could. I ended up going with uh, Hugh Lowry here, who obviously from Stuart Little. Man in the Iron Mask. He's most famous here in America, right, as House MD. He's Dr. House, but a British actor who's just very funny, again, very dry. And, and that's the humor in this movie, I think, is very dry and very sarcastic. And so I think that he kind of fits that mold. And I think that he would be intimidating. Like, Pain and Panic would be scared of Hugh Lowry because he is intimidating. Yeah, yeah. But he's also funny and kind of goofy. He's got that sort of um, smart, because he's smart. He's intimidating because of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, he would be. I think he's a great pick, by the way. Um, I think he would, he's got that sort of element of, which is what James Wood had. So that's, he, it's almost like he's cleverer than everyone else in the room, which is why he basically can get one up on his brother, isn't it? That's the whole point. It's that Hades is a little bit more smarter, whereas uh, Zeus is the, uh, just the muscle. 
And then the title character is Hercules. And again, this is another one where me and Jesse disagreed on a couple of different picks. And your pick is one of the ones that we talked about, but I'll let you talk about him. And we ended up going with Freddie Stroma, who's not a really well-known actor, but he you know, was in The Peacemaker, Bridgerton. He's probably most famous from being in Harry Potter. He is uh, Cormac McLaggen, the guy that throws up on Snape's shoes at the party, and uh, the actual original guy who's trying out for Keeper, and Ron beats him out because of uh, Hermione uses a little spell to make him miss a shot. But uh, I think Hermione dates McLaggen for a little bit. But uh, yeah. he's a really good-looking guy, blonde, all cut up, muscular, right? He looks like Hercules. My only reason for him when I first disagreed with him is he's 5'11", right? So I wanted somebody big and imposing, but it's Hollywood. They can make him look big, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the Stallone's not big, but we didn't mm. know that until like, like, too far or something like that. Terminate. I think, to be honest, at first I was like, I recognize him, but I can't think where, where I'm from. What do you fall? Um, oh. Please. Oh, yeah. Some Harry Potter. Just, um, I thought you. And it took me a little bit to click where I and mean, then like you say I, yeah. like you say he's not a massive actor he's one of those actors that's been in stuff which is, I kind of think is the Hercules because those are people said to me oh you know they, they started really, really, when I was talking to other people like this they started really I thought the obvious ones like Chris Hemsworth and I was like he's an everything I love him but he's an everything so no so they're picking out all the really obvious big actors Tom Holland is, is the one but then I'm like to me he played young Hercules quite well He's not big enough for older Hercules sort of thing. So yeah, I think he's a really good pick. He looks the part as well, which I think is key. And he's also got, from from the stuff I've seen him in, I think he's funny. But I think he could pay, because Hercules is unintentionally funny, like he's like the butt of the joke sort of thing and a lot of the stuff. I think he could play that quite well. So we went with Will Pelter. He is in um, black and white, though. Which is, yeah, Harris just said he's in black and white because the picture of we've got of him is in black and white. But Why? Just because it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> so he's been in the Maze Runner films. He's been in a couple of the Narnia films. Um, we are the Millers he was in. He was in, what's the, oh, I'm trying, he's just in a uh, Disney Plus series, wasn't he? The one about the drug. Can't remember what it's oh, Dope Sick. Dope Sick, yeah. He's been in, he, he was originally going to play Pennywise in the new big movies as well, but he had to pull out. Um, I've not seen that. Just like, please. Well, yeah, he. I was just about to say he's now just about to be coming to Guardians of the Galaxy Three, and because he's an English actor, I'd seen him in quite a lot of stuff. He was in sort of Rambo when he was really young, and he's gone from being quite a small, skinny guy to a big guy almost in the last sort of. He's obviously gone on the Marvel fitness regime, hasn't he? That's what's happened, and he's become buff and he's big. He's about six, six one, six two, something like that. I think he is. I think six, big... six four. Oh, is he? So he's still on the book. Um, yeah, he's, and he. I also think he's. A, if you watch a lot of stuff he's in, he's he's played a lot of different roles. So he played the comedy stuff in, even things like when he was younger, like in the Narnia films, and when he like in Dope Sick, he's played more of a serious thing. There was a. Is it Detroit? He's in. Where he plays like a evil cop. I think it could be. Yeah. I am, and so he can play. He's got. He's a. He's a hell of an actor, basically. Um, and I just think he would probably slot into the role quite well. And he's. He's probably. You're probably going to catch him on the right projected projection of where he's about to become probably quite a big star because a Marvel film could easily catapult him. And no one's quite sure if he's playing a bad guy yet in that, or if he's going to. He's playing Adam Warlock, but he could be a good guy or a bad guy depending on how they take that film. No, exactly. And and like I said, this is a 
an actor that we'd considered for our role as well, mainly because of his size. He is 6'4". He is pretty a big guy. And I know me and Jesse both absolutely love Dope Sick, and we think that everybody who was involved with that was fantastic. And it's funny, though, how people, like you said, he's not a huge name, even though he's a really up-and-coming star, because people just don't know him. And, and so it's funny to describe him to people. Like, when I think of him, you know, I think of, you know, Dope Sick. When Jesse talks about him, he talks about We Are the Millers. And then when I talk to my daughter, and she's like, who's that? I say, oh, he's um, Eustace from, uh, you know, Dawn Treader there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I believe that, I think that's, it's probably wrong. It probably seem like the wrong truth. But I think when you look at him in that, he's funny in that. And he's a bit of a, a butt of the jokes and stuff like that. And I think he can, so he can play that sort of stupidity stuff side of it quite well. Like you say, he's, this is the main ca- character, but he's got to be, so you've got to, he's got to be engaging enough that you, you like him. But also you've got to accept that he's a bit stupid. Yeah. I like to say innocent and naive, but stupid yeah. as well. <laughs> he's got to, he gets manipulated basically quite a bit, doesn't yeah. he? Apparently, apparently again, he can also sing for saying. Oh. There is a song he sings about when he goes into the song's well. I'm looking up quite now, I can't like, He's looking up all the, all the stuff that everyone's been I doing. have actually watched, I have actually watched a couple of films with all that tell Atler. Kevin Hart. He's in two pets and he's in all the pets. Yeah, the, he'll have seen the, um, And the Captain Pencil. What, what, what's the um, Secret Life of Pets film? It's called Two Players Battles in Kevin Anyway, let's go back to it. So yeah, that's all, that's all Hercules. Nice. Yeah, and I think I didn't uh, quite get to I mentioned that me and Jesse fought over uh, Meg. He really wanted Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Rec. And I just felt like she was a little too dark. Again, like Javier Bardem, I wanted somebody a little bit lighter. Uh, so that's who he had chosen. But we agreed on Anna de Armas. But yeah, so that's those are our casts. And obviously what we're going to do is we're going to get these pictured up uh, side by side so that people can kind of look at them and decide, you know, who they want to vote for, which Hercules live cast is best for them. And I definitely encourage anybody, whether you like this particular episode or or whatnot, is to check out When Harry Met Movies uh, with Mark and Harry because I love the show and they're not overly long. So if you're somebody who's like, hey, I only have half an hour. Perfect. They're all right about 30, 35 minutes. Yeah, we try, we try to keep it up. But don't get me wrong, there's a lot. I know like some of your episodes are a bit longer, some of them are, the others are a bit fairy, don't oh. they? And some podcasts are like two hours long. I do listen to podcasts that are that long, but well, I also listen to podcasts that are like half hour, 40 Maybe. minutes. And sometimes it's... It's nice to have either, isn't yeah. it? That sort of choice well, out there. It depends. I tend to be any long ones we tend to have the ones with guests, aren't they? Yeah, I'll know it depends if it's past one I will not like a weird titch. Yeah, it dep- so, depends on Harry's mood and how much he babbles in the episodes. I like some stop giggling. Yeah. I love the show and I, I definitely always encourage people to check it out. And like you guys know, if you listen to the show, we uh, you know, you're one of our uh, favorite shows. We actually have almost like a little universe of like several favorite shows. I know both of us like Field of Screens and they haven't done anything in a while. I'm worried that they're not. No, doing... yeah, I've reached out to them. D. Kitter's changed job, doesn't he? So it just basically means that they're unable to record anything, which is a shame because it, it was. It was, I love sports, I love films. So it, that's probably arguably one of my favorite genres of film. Um, so it's a good combination. Well, if, if you like the episode, definitely check us out. Uh, check out future episodes. Check out When Harry Met Movies. And let us know what you think about the casts and reach out to to both of us because I know we uh, we both enjoy interacting. Mark, I appreciate having you on. Harry, thanks for coming on the show. It was uh, good to have you. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. And it, like I said, it's been great. But we've actually got out to work something out and get sorted and meet up. So we'll uh, we'll keep score and I'll keep you guys posted. And obviously, once we get uh, the we're episode. We're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> it's a clarified. Well, got- Jesse's been beating me lately, so I wouldn't be surprised. But this is, I would be happy just knowing that he also lost if, if we lose. Right, yeah. 
We'll make sure we lose it. <laughs> We've got your person, so. So, bye. Well, thanks for sticking with us, and that's all, folks. That's all, folks.